this week on a nostalgic mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're remembering Star Trek, the motion picture. Captain's Log, Supplemental, Stardate, 4242020. Uh, I'm on a strange planet where plague has inflicted everyone and we're all forced to stay inside and we have to watch Star Trek The Motion Picture oh, and that's reminisce. A... Yes. Patrick, it's... it's an off-wilder. Attack him for his hoard of toilet paper. Oh, not the motion picture, guys. That's like, right. I like Star Trek, but don't do it. It's Body Counts and Beer no. presents Star Trek The Motion Picture a remembrance. Wrath of Feeder. Now, I think we should all uh, introduce ourselves at some point. Yeah, yeah I'm Mark Rosenthal. All right, I'm Patrick Brown. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor, and I have not seen Star Trek the motion picture in, I'm going to say, about 10 years. That's an excellent amount of time to have not seen that movie, John. How long have you not seen the movie, Patrick? A uh, similar amount of time, actually. I'd say college. Hey, Mark. Uh-huh? What's your, uh, what's your take on this? As of this recording, I watched it. Two days ago. Ooh, so a lot buddy. of this is going to be me giving you half-remembered scenes to confirm or deny that they really happened. But Absolutely. he can't do it because his eyes are still bleeding. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I've been given eyeball hemophilia. <laughs> or it's just like uh, the uh, fucking Sam Neill. Just your eyes <laughs> bleeding. Uh, where we're going, we don't need eyes. <laughs> Engage my Warhammer 40k engine. Yeah. Because that's what Event Horizon is. It's a Warhammer prequel. Oh, is it? Not really. Did we but ever everyone... get the Warhammer cool? <laughs> the regular Hammer cool? No. No. We just got those games. That's yeah. just one of those like fun fan theories. That oh, yeah. Event Horizon is a... Uh, like the beginning of like Warhammer, like, like 40K. The 40K. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not the cool orc Warhammer. No, no, of shitty course not. Space hey, Marine hey those Space Marines have goddamn chainsaw guns <laughs> before Gears of oh, War. Okay, I was gonna say, so does Gears of War, but before, yeah. All right, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the one that will bore you to death. It's a movie uh, about a satellite that eats a spaceship. No, 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 no. It says motion picture, but there's no motion. There's plenty of motion. (laughs) It pans over the Enterprise, and then it pans around the Enterprise, and and then underneath the Enterprise. That's the secret of this movie. It's not about a fucking, like, weird sci-fi conceit. It's about how cool the Enterprise looks when it's in space. It's it's got motion like a Ken Burns documentary. It's got motion. (laughs) That whole movie is, look at my models. Do you Ooh. like my models? I mean, they were a lot better than the TV models, though. They're pretty good models. They're pretty rad models. And uh, Star Trek had been off the air for, what, 10 years? Uh, by that, uh, by that Probably point, 10 or 15, yeah. Because yeah. it's years. early 80s, and it's yeah. in the late 60s. Yeah. 79 is the movie. The movie, the show ended in 69, I yeah. think. And then you got the animated show for a little bit. That's actually the pretty The Saturday morning right. cartoon, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. It was for also and is considered canon. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Uh, yeah, Star Trek The Motion Picture is a movie that, for all intents and purposes, is about... Uh, 
Yeah, it's Voyager. about an alien that bumps into the Voyager. Am I remembering? No, it's about the Voyager bumps into a machine planet, and then it 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 like red like Omicron from Transformers or the Borg Cube or the Borg Cube. But Omicron was voiced by a clearly drunk and hateful Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, if only the Borg Cube was voiced by a drunk and hateful <laughs> Orson Welles. If only the Borg Cube was preceded by you got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> And Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's a fucking killer soundtrack. The yeah. soundtrack is so good for Transformers the movie. God yeah, damn. not, not so Star much. Trek. <laughs> for not Star Trek the motion picture. For the first five minutes of the movie when the Klingons are speaking only in Klingon, uh, uh, all of these soundtrack elements are punk, yeah. pink, punk, pink, and it's the worst. Yeah, it's, it's Then tough. a giant blue wave kills them. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, oh, no. Well, the the V'ger goes to a machine planet and it like reprograms it to go back home. Yeah, it basically V'ger's whole. So it's homeward bound, but with the Voyager spacecraft. Well, yeah. yeah, Voyager six. So Voyager six's whole like thing is collect all the data you can. So it went. It runs into the machine planet. The machine planet builds it a giant alien body and then a smoke cloud and then yep. says. Go remember people to death. <laughs> and, and that's it does, what happens. Yeah. It shoots you with a laser, you disappear, and it steals your data. Yep. So it's like Brainiac. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he, he's collecting planet he's collecting cities and then destroying the planet to increase the resale value. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, don't you remember that scene where the bottle city of Kitamer is in the middle Kendor, of the future? Please. The bottle city of Kendor. Well, oh, I said yeah. Kitamer because that's a Star Trek city. Star Trek's dumb. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Starts with the motion picture. Kind of dumb. Boy. Still dumb. Ooh boy, yeah. Uh, one of the big things about this movie that really stands out is how, uh, in the production phase, they realized or thought, and falsely I'll say, that the original primary colors of the uniforms wouldn't translate well to film. Yeah. And so they decided to change all the uniforms to either khaki or hospital blue. Yeah, it's a real downgrade. <laughs> and everyone's shirts has the deepest yet slimmest of V's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the late Star 70s. Trek has Star Trek's never been good on wardrobe. Correct. Yeah, not really though. I do really like the like solid primary color shirts with the black T-shirts from the original series. Yeah, and like yeah. the gold trim on the cuffs. Like, yeah, yeah it's I, some neat stuff. That's the thing is like they are iconic. But also real dumb. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the the next gen uniforms are a little nicer, especially once you get into like season three. Yeah, once you get the piping on the uniforms and yeah, they're like a better. tunic and not just a one piece. Yeah, yeah, well, and once they change the zipper from the front to the back. Yeah, that's a also a big one. Yeah, uh, and then they get the sweet little lapels and everything. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty with nice. With your rank, it gets better yeah. for him. It gets better. Yeah. Yeah, and then Picard at one point gets his casual captain's jacket with his no. gray shirt underneath. No, no, no. My Picard, the... my my like Picard action figure that I would love to get is Vineyard Picard. No. <laughs> with his little Newsies hat and his little vest. Oh, I love no, it. No, no, no. The Picard I want is Picard, like late night Picard. <laughs> with his above the knee like robe. Ooh, his like silk smoking <laughs> jacket. Yeah, no, no, no. You guys are both wrong. What you want is the Picard Wharf tactical team set where they're both in like black turtlenecks. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good right. one. That's a good one. 
Uh, oh, this movie doesn't have any of that. My problem with TNG is that they rely too much on red in the uniforms. There's not as wide a dispersal well, I said there's, of colors. There's red for command and security. There's that, that like... Worf is security. He's yellow. He's oh, that, yellow. Yeah, that's right. Yellow is security and blue is medical and science. Yes. yes. That's And right. then red is everybody Red else. is just command. Just and then there's else, Deanna yeah. Troy who just wears dresses and Purple. or Whatever the hell suits. she wants, yeah. Purple cat suit, basically. Yeah. yeah. With a boob window. Yeah. There's an awful lot of, uh, we noticed, my wife and I noticed this while we were watching the show, there's a lot of Deanna Troy camel toe going on there in the early seasons. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You may have realized that those early seasons were the ones that Gene Roddenberry was alive and, uh, like, exercising creative control. (laughs) Sure, right. Yeah. And, like, read up on some of his views on women someday. Mm. I will say... Hey, they were progressive for the time. No... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they really weren't. Uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, however, kind of com- co- sort of combats that by having every male character wear the wear nut- a skirt. No, the nut huggingest of pants. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Next Gen had the 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 boy skirts. Yeah, they had yeah. boy skirts in the first season or two. But the movie, the most, the first motion picture, everyone's pants are just like. Uh, spandex sprayed on to your nuts, <laughs> on your nuts so you can yeah. see every like dimple all the Johnson yeah yeah there's a lot of Johnson a lot of Anson Johnson there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in the warp room who are fucking packing <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they're doing like a Lenny Kravitz like putting some socks up in there uh I don't think Lenny Kravitz is putting socks anywhere I think he's got a big hog <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. want to know why you think that. No, so. his pants did rip recently. You're right. Yeah. yeah, a few years ago, his pants ripped open during a show and everyone saw his massive hog. We have some, forgive the pun, hard data on that guy's <laughs> penis. And, for some reason, fucking Ansel Elgort's. Yeah, well, he did that know. on purpose for charity. <laughs> so, anyways, What an age we live in, you guys. Yeah. Did you think the apocalypse was going to be this fucking weird? <laughs> No, honestly. I thought there would be more fires. Right? I thought there'd be more trumpets in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, you're going old school revelations. Yeah. I was going through more of like, oh, surely like the sun is just going to get tired of our bullshit and eat us, right? That would have been fun. Uh, if only. Nah, we're getting a disease. Yeah, I didn't think it would be this slow and stupid, yeah. honestly. Can we just get like the moon to crash on us? Ooh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Anyway. Especially because all the fucking ocean tides would just go batshit as it's yeah. happening. So anyway, Star Trek The Motion Picture is a, it's a roughie. Yo it's boy. a tough movie. It's a, it's so a slow I, one. D- I, no. I'm trying to remember. Did it? Does it start with a champagne bottle going through space and crashing into the Enterprise? To no. Like... It starts with Klingons being attacked by a big blue wave. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts Everybody's to... Everybody's talking about the blue wave, blue wave, it's still just the Voyager. Good, good work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did fine there. Yeah, you're the Weird Al of, <laughs> of this podcast. Of this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I don't even think at any point it has the champagne bottle crashing. I think I'm conflating it with the opening shot of Generations. That where might be it starts it. in space and then it starts on the champagne bottle and then the champagne bottle crashes into the ship. Right, because they're like christening it or whatever. Yeah, and then they, it. by the end of the movie, fucking crash that ship into a goddamn planet. Oh my planet. god, right? That Jesus. is probably the coolest spaceship crash in cinema history because it just takes the fucking terra firma with it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's a good, it's a good space crash. 
Yeah. The uh, uh, motion picture uh, ha- introduces a bunch of new characters because they didn't want to pay the other actors to speak too much. Yeah, right. So, like, you don't get a lot of Sulu and Chekhov or, for, or Uhura or Bones uh, or, or Spock, even, for that matter. Most it's mostly men- V'ger and th- that other guy. It's uh, uh, the, uh, cap- the new captain of the, of the Enterprise, played by 7th Heaven Stephen Collins, noted ah, pedophile. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is literally the second build guy of the movie for the most part. Oh, and the bald lady, Ilya. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got probably the most lines in the movie. Besides Kirk, yeah. yeah. And there's Ilya, who has a lot of lines too. She's the one who is like the new science officer. Right. And then she gets killed by Vidra, and then Vidra makes a new version of her with a stone in her neck. Yeah. And then when they fly into feature, it's made a giant statue of her for reasons. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's like that scene in, in AI where you fly into the giant, like, sex robot's vagina. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, AI, yes, the ending sucks and is stupid, but I think we all forget that, like, the fucking Stanley Kubrick of it all, of, like, all the shit that happens before that, like, the... The goddamn robot death battles oh, that happen in that movie. Oh, you mean the flesh fair? Yeah. Where one of the robots is Chris Rock. Yeah. Just doing Chris Rock things? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. What a terribly, beautifully, misguidedly, stupid, hubristic, crazy movie that movie it's is. Some, it's something. Hoof. But yeah, it definitely does do like uh, the fucking Halloween episode of The Simpsons where the house falls in love with Marge, where like V'ger has fallen in love with this weird random science officer. No, 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 no. V'ger remembers her to death, makes makes a new version of her that's in essence a proto-data, a human-like looking machine construct who is a probe. And she's kind of like the Borg. She just kind of walks around and be like... Could you carbon creatures, you tell me yeah, things. Yeah, tell me things. And yeah. then they're like, okay, cool. But then like Stephen Collins, Captain fucking asshole, he's just like, I'm still in love with you, bald lady. And at the end, he, uh, he fucking puts his mouth, he pulls a Nick Nolte at the end of Hulk. <laughs> and just like, you wanna go? Let's go! You wanna see me go? Yeah. And he just eats part of V'ger and turns into the new V'ger, I guess? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to take a moment to remember Nick Nolte in Ang Lee's The Hulk. Uh, Ang Lee's Hulk. Hulk. Nova. Oh, that's Nova. right. It was Facebook time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with, uh, with was it Eric Banner? Is that Hulk? Hulk? Yeah. 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 Well, sorry, he played uh, Bruce Banner. Ang Lee notably played Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did all the motion capture for Hulk. Nice. And the best part of that movie is all the behind the scenes stuff in the making of documentary of Ang Lee in a mocap suit hulking Hulk and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's like a 45-year-old baby. It's so much fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Um, any, uh, John, any other uh, thoughts you have about Star Trek The Motion Picture? Not particularly, no. Like, that's the thing is, again, this movie is just so aggressively weapons-grade boring. Yeah. 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 Like, I, it's I, wild. I, it's it's tough because, it, like I, I've said before, it's, it's a really interesting, in my opinion, conceit, like, to have Voyager come yeah. back. And especially for the motion picture because the show mostly takes place when we're just starting real human space travel. And, like, Voyager's a huge fucking deal in the 70s. So for them to come back in this late 70s, early 80s movie and be talking about this thing that we actually did is kind of a neat conceit. But holy crap, 
bore you to fucking tears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it kills you. And I will say, there are some highlights. I will say the highlights of the movie are the... Like the map paintings and the model work in the sure, film, yeah, oh, yeah like the, so good. The special effects are definitely great, and especially for the time. But like, eh, I don't know about that. Whew. I mean, the special effects for a movie that had two to three times the budget of Star Wars. Well, here's the thing that you got to remember: Star Wars. Here's the thing you got to remember about the budget of this movie. This movie started out as a continuation of the series. You're right, Star Trek Two. It, yeah, and the, basically, like, that project, under the guidance of Gene Roddenberry, had gone so bloated and so wildly out of control that they're like, well, we can't fully pull the plug because then we're in the hole this crazy amount of money. Right. So, like, let's just quickly slap together a movie to shoot on these sets with these costumes we've already built and made. And then, while they were shooting it, they ran into so many production issues of like, oh, we have no idea what this movie is. So it just kept going and going and Ugh. the budget just kept bloating and bloating. Yikes. That like, none of this was well spent. Because yeah, like, the original Star Wars was what, like a $15 million movie? Uh, if that? Yeah, I think it's like $12 million was the what final. Because it guys? was 35. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. And then, weirdly enough, Wrath of Khan's budget is like twelve million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like all the other budgets for the movies are significantly lower. Actually, than this after first movie. Wrath of Khan became such a big success, the budgets went up. They, they up. went up, but I don't think they ever got like as ludicrous as. I the mean, first they were movie. all within like the thirty to forty million dollar range, yeah. which for the eighties was a fairly high budget movie, yeah. especially for like a big sci fi movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say like the special effects, like a lot of the special effects, but mostly the model work and the 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 matte painting stuff is all so good. Like there's clearly some great art going on there, but the the performances are all just like the only one who cares is Shatner yeah. because yeah. he's the only one who gets to talk. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. he's definitely getting the biggest paycheck. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the the interesting tension that you get by watching the Star Trek movies, specifically, not so much the TV shows, but the whole, like, dick measuring between uh, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner of just, like, who gets top billing, who gets the first line, who gets the most lines, yeah. who gets to direct, who doesn't get to, to direct. direct. When yeah. does Sulu get his own ship? Yeah. That's also a thing. Not until uh, five or six. Five or six. Yeah. Because he's supposed to have it one I'm earlier. Sure it's five, yeah. He's supposed to have the Excelsior one earlier, but Shatner, like, shut it down. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Shatner's like, he can't have his own ship. Yeah. I'm the captain. Yeah. This uh, is also, this movie, I think, is the first uh, peek at Shatner's, like, curly toupee. Yeah. In a big... Well, I think he's got it for, um, what is it, Hooker? TJ Hooker? TJ yeah. Hooker. I think he's got the You're toupee right. for yeah, Hooker. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got curly hair in TJ Hooker, yeah. for sure. For some reason... It's a piece. The, which for some weirdly reason, makes him like the most successful of these people, which is really wild. Ah, yeah. interestingly enough, T.J. Hooker post Star Trek the motion picture. Really? Yeah, didn't oh, start in the until 80s. Okay. didn't start until 1982, which means yeah. he probably already filmed the Wrath of Khan as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, he was already rocking the the, the pube head up there. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he did between Star Trek and Hooker. Uh, Boston Legal? Yeah, no, that's way later. 
The only thing I know that uh, didn't uh, Leonard Nimoy like host a show that shows up on the History Channel now, like ancient oh, civilization, yes. ancient he, mysteries. He, uh, well, he did a ton of like voiceover work. Oh yeah, that was his big thing. In fact, he was in one of his more notable voiceover roles was he was in the fucking Kingdom Hearts video games as like the main antagonist. Oh, nice. Uh, and when he passed away, they replaced him with Christopher Plummer, I want to say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like, and of course, like, listen to Leonard Nimoy. That, that's liquid gold, my yeah, friend. Right? Oh, right. that voice. So good. So Leonard Nimoy, after Star Trek, the motion pick, or uh, the series... Uh, did 49 episodes of Mission Impossible. Huh. Yeah. Uh, he uh, did a bunch of like TV well, movies. There's like three different Mission Impossible series. Oh. Like they kept rebooting it every like yeah. five or six years. Okay. But the one you're thinking of was from 1976 to 1982. He was the narrator and host of In Search Of. In Search yeah. Of. That's yeah, it. Yeah. You're right. The one you're thinking of was uh, fucking Jonathan Frakes, William Riker, hosted oh. Beyond Belief. Fact Beyond Belief. Fiction. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's Where right. every episode oh was God, just him so going... Good. No, you're wrong. Yeah. No, we made that up. Yeah. That was a fun little show. I yeah, I do love I only the Jonathan Franks interstitials. The actual show itself is not worth going back to, but just the, the preambles yeah. and the ending of just like yeah. we've all sent a fax, haven't we? But what if a fax wasn't all it appeared to be? Is it fact or is it fiction? You decide. End of episode. It was fiction! <laughs> We made it. Up. Ah, yeah, there's a uh, there's a great video. Oh god, the sped up. No, 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 no. That someone took of they took it and slowed it down to like half <laughs> speed, so it just sounds like he's super drunk, <laughs> and it's just like a super cut where he's just like, "If you ever send a fax, <laughs> you ever ride a mountain bike, <laughs> how much money would it take for you to spend the night in a haunted house?" <laughs> What's the tallest person you ever met? <laughs> it just goes on like yeah. this. And it's amazing. It's, it's incredibly good. But yeah, yeah, so like, who do you think of the Star Trek actors original series had the most interesting post-Star Trek career? Probably Nimoy. I think, yeah. I mean, Shatner did uh, T.J. Hooker. He did the Trek movies. Then he eventually did that Emergency 911 show. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. he did Boston Legal. Uh, he was on Boston Legal for a while. He had Tech War and all tech his war. Tech War books. Yeah. Well, what I love specifically about Shatner is after Star Trek Generations, where Captain Kirk dies, he started writing Star Trek novels where he's like, actually, he didn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that fucking scene in uh, uh, Royal Tenenbaums of everybody knows that General Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. What my book presupposes is he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nimoy, I think, like, Nimoy did a lot of voice work. He did, like, he did the Ballad of, of Bilbo Baggins. He yeah. did the ba- he, again, he he battled was... with trolls. He riddled I... with Gollum a magic ring he stole. I think uh, I've mentioned this before. He did the voice of uh, the principal antagonist in an awesome Ray Bradbury uh, short story that's animated called The Halloween Tree. Oh, okay. That's great. He's yeah. a mound shroud. Uh, he was also a yeah. recurring character on Fringe for a little while before he passed Ooh, away. Sure, He's yeah. like a bad guy on that. He was really good. Uh, he would pop up every now and then. And he also directed some of the better Star Wars, Star Trek movies. Yeah, he also, yeah. He also became a, a director. He directed yeah. a lot of shit. He directed Three Men and a Baby. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I did know that. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I think he had the more, like, interesting career. Probably, I mean, yeah. George Takei, I know, did a lot of, like, like one-off stuff, but I don't think he ever became, like, a series regular or anything again. He just kind of popped up here and there. Yeah, he became yeah. an internet celebrity. Yeah, same as Nichelle Nichols, and uh, I know Walter Koenig. I'm not Wal- entirely sure Nichelle Nichols didn't do a bunch of fucking stage work. That's probably true. I'm sure a lot thing, of them yeah. probably did other stuff. Like, I know... James Duan like did like stage stuff. And I know Walter yeah. Koenig did like weird like avant garde like comedy like weirdo movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the seventies and the eighties. Fucking, I love that uh, Scotty James Duhan was uh, like a decades old radio actor yeah. before the Star Trek series. He'd been radio acting since like the forties. Because he's I. I can't remember if he's actually Scottish or no. if he was just Welsh doing a Scottish. He's neither, in fact. He's no. Canadian. Oh, weird. Yeah, I, was actually... I knew that he was part of the Commonwealth in yeah. some way. Yeah, he flew yeah. in the Canadian Air Force in World War II. Neat. I wanted to be him for, like, a, you had to do a presentation of, like, a dead actor for a theater history class I was in, and my teacher said no. What? So I wrote a shitty paper about Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Noreen Barnes! <laughs> See, I had to uh, go back into a historically important production of a Shakespeare work, and I did Orson Welles' Staging of Othello. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, one time I watched Transformers the movie, and Orson Welles was there. That's real fucking good, yeah, though. Pretty, that's like the best Orson Welles thing. Oh, no, no, no. The best Orson Welles thing is the Paul Maison wine commercial <laughs> outtakes. <laughs> Because, like, my wife, who is not an easy person to make laugh with, like, just silliness, you know? She likes a really specific kind of comedy, but I showed her the Orson Welles Palmas on outtakes. Mm. And the first thing that happens is, all right, set and action. And Orson Welles, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was like, stop the video. It is not going to get funnier than that. She was just, like, gasping for air. <laughs> I love that, and I love the 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 uh, frozen peas radio outtakes of in July, fellas. You've written in July, and then you've got this picture of a snowfield going on. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay, you fellas seem to know what you're doing, but I don't think that you really do. All right, let's in Ju- Okay, then you tell me how to say in July. <laughs> <laughs> And that outtake led to The Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Because Maurice right. LaMarche would just do that as like a goof between takes. And, and they actually they, yeah. made fun of the Frozen Peas Oh, they just did the it. On the Critic, yeah. They did, well, on the Critic and on an episode of Pinky and the Brain, they do it line for line. And it is, as a child, it was incomprehensible to me. <laughs> and then growing up, I was like, that's the greatest fucking thing ever. <laughs> So, we talked a little bit about Star Trek The Motion Picture. We talked as much as anyone should <laughs> uh, about Star Trek The Motion Picture. That's going to do it for this mini-episode. Uh, I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And I need to tell you that in Transformers last night, it turns out the Earth is Omicron. And you need to know that. Fact or fiction? <laughs> you decide. We made I it made up. it up! <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.